Good morning, church. We are in the middle of a series, Made for More. We're looking at the book of Ephesians. We're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer to seal every single Christian for that day. That there is certainty. You can have certainty. You know who you are if you are in Christ. And you don't lose that. And there's no question about that. That if you have the real thing, you will always have it because of the work of the Spirit. Week one, we looked at this. We, we looked at that the Father, right? We serve a Trinitarian God, the Trinity, three in one. That God the Father predestined that before the foundation of the world that He chose, that He elected in the right time, at the right moment that Jesus would be sent. The Father sends the Son. The Son would redeem. He would lay down His life. We wouldn't have to die. He would die in our place. That on the cross, that He would set people free by His work, not their work. No more work. One man did the work. The God-man. He did the work for all. That all could be saved if they trust in Him. And those that are born again, that have received the miracle of the new birth, that have been forgiven of all past, present, future sins, the Holy Spirit is sent to seal the deal moves in as a permanent roommate. And he says, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. He moves in. We're going to talk about the third person in the Trinity today, that the Son, here's our bottom line, through the work of the Spirit and the Son, I have a glorious inheritance with an absolute guarantee. An absolute guarantee sealed for that day. I have a sad story. I have a sad, very, very sad story. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, in the southern Caribbean, where we lived for five years, on the island of St. Vincent, I had an external hard drive that had my entire life on it. I don't know if any of you, maybe it's just techies, I don't, I don't, maybe you have a filing cabinet that if it burnt up, your whole life would be gone. Maybe you have cases and cases and, and rubber-made containers sealed with all the memories from the past 18 generations of all the pictures and documents, and if that thing burnt up, boom right? Your whole life gone. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's just your truck. If that thing burns up, your whole life is over, right? But for me, I had everything that I had ever written, anything that I have ever studied, anything that I've ever purchased that I saved on my, my little brain of a, a computer hard drive. Back in the day, they were big and you had to plug them into the wall in order for them to run. Now they're a little more sophisticated. But when you have little children that occasionally like to run around the table and one chooses on that day to sprint around the corner blindsided so focused on creating the the sermon that I'm going to be preaching uh, for that Sunday and so focused that I don't see the little one screaming around the corner slow motion hit the cord rips my hard drive off the table flies across the room and smashes in that moment I knew that my hard drive was dead. But there was also a child that was going to die too. In that moment, my life and their life flashed before their eyes. And I can testify today that no one was harmed in, in the, the creating of that moment. No, no deaths. But it was close. It was close. And, and by God's grace, you know it's awesome. I was thinking about that this past week of, of everything that I've uh, done over the years and accumulated as far as just tools and ministry and, and resources. And I was thinking about the loss on that day. 
and I was trying to recall which child it was, and I can't remember. That's what forgiveness does, okay? Forgiveness. I don't even know which one it was, and so I, I can't even give them a hard time to this day. But you know what? Broken in pieces, destroyed where, where there was so much at stake, it's all over in, in a moment, right? Lost, right? All that information, everything that was valuable. There's really good news this morning that when God does a work in a human heart, and if he applies the work of Jesus, Jesus' righteousness, his goodness, to a person's account, and he takes all their badness away, he seals the deal, and he makes it a guarantee that it will never fail, never be lost again, never break, that that soul is kept forever in heaven. The work of the Holy Spirit. I, I hope as you think about the one true God that you consider this is a work that only God can start. This is a work that only God can deliver. This is a work that only God can keep. Because if it was up to us, all we do, we break stuff, we lose stuff, we make a mess. God ensures, guarantees that what He starts, He will finish. I hope you, you're ready for some good news because this morning, we've got a whole lot of more good news coming your way. So let's pray. Father, thank You that right in this moment, as we quiet our hearts, you are wanting to open our eyes to see who we really are, our new identity, that if we are in Christ, the old is gone. The guilt and shame, forgiven, covered. God, we consider how awesome you are that when we deserved death, when we deserve punishment, when we deserve to be rejected forever by you, when we deserve to stand guilty in your courtroom, that Jesus, it's all, it's all about you. It's all about your grace. It's all about your work. Free us. Free us from religion. Free us from trying to clean up our lives, work harder, do better. God, free us that we would have the real thing. We would know who we are and that we could live completely changed. Brand new. Because we were made for more. Remind us of that today. We were made for so much more. So much more. We want to live for your purpose by your design. So help us to take one more step today. One more step to say yes to you. We pray in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. All God's people said, Amen. Ephesians 1, if you're there, it's on page 967 in my Bible. Everybody say, who cares? Yeah, who cares? It doesn't matter what page it is on my Bible. You open your Bible, your copy of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 11 through 14. If you're taking notes, jot this down. In Jesus, everybody say in Jesus, it's in Him, I obtained an inheritance, an inheritance, all for His glory, all for His glory. Let's take a look at the verse, verses 11 and 12, those first verses. In Him, we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of Him, everybody say Jesus, uh, His purpose, who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, to set our hope in Christ, we might be to the praise of His glory. And so think about this, inheritance. What is, what is an inheritance? Okay, we've, We've received an inheritance. If we are in Christ, if you are a Christian, you have an inheritance. 
Inheritance is what? It's a, it's a promise today for a gift later, right? There is a, a promise. There is a guarantee. At some point, it's going to be yours. It's all going to be yours. An inheritance. Some of you have uh, watched family members just go AWOL when it comes to the issue of inheritance, right? You have been part of family meetings that when somebody passes and we start reading the will, that all Hades breaks loose. An inheritance is supposed to be an awesome thing to be able to help the next generation or help a loved one, to be able to pass on things that have some kind of value. And instead, maybe in our day, inheritance is a topic that we don't even want to talk about. But we want to talk about this inheritance. An inheritance of guaranteed promise. It's guaranteed. Everybody say guaranteed. Guaranteed that I can know today where I'm going for eternity. Today can be the day. I can have confidence and I can have great boldness in saying, I know my inheritance because here we have in Him an inheritance based on nothing I do, based on not my conduct, my behavior, but it's a promise now for a gift later. Do, do you know that it's not just Paul and Ephesians? Do you know that the, the Scriptures agree as much as we want to talk about uh, about maybe online, you can read any article about the Bible's full of contradictions and anybody that maybe you spend time with or like, Bible's a bunch of stories, it's a bunch of lies, it contradicts itself. Well, guess what? Peter has something to say. He says the exact same thing as Paul does. 1 Peter 1, 4-7. through You want to jot down that address? 1 Peter 1, 4-7. through To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. It's almost there in the last time. In this you rejoice. You know what Peter thought? He thought when you think about your inheritance, he's like, you should be so fired up that you should be rejoicing. You should be praising God. You should be so excited about thinking, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm receiving. I know my inheritance. He's like, rejoice, rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. Anybody struggling? I know that's then. I know that's, I know, I know heaven. Yeah, I know someday, but what about now? Peter's like, for a little while, you're going to face trials. But this is good. He says in verse 7 of 1 Peter 1, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter and Paul both want us to know this. You should be so fired up about what is to come that it changes everything about your today. Do you get that? That you're so fired up about what is to come because it's guaranteed that it changes everything about today. About what I value, about what I get excited about, about the, the, unch the unchanging truth of the future when everything is changing today. I don't, I don't know what your last week was like, but it was probably a whole string of unchangeable, rock-solid, steady, predictable circumstances, right? Is that what your last week was like? It's like clockwork. I knew every single moment just worked out exactly how it should, right? I don't know if I've ever had like a five-minute period of time in my life that I've experienced that. Even when everything's changing, even when everything's a mess, even when everything goes wrong, Here's what does not change. I know who I am. I know who I am in Christ. 
I know what's to come. This is for a short time. But guess what? What's coming is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Everybody say it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. So the sum total of all that God has promised in salvation is being reserved for us in heaven. That is such, such good news. If you want to jot this down, John 14. Just love this. Just everybody, everybody agreeing here. In Scripture, we have John 14, 15 through 19. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, Jesus says. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. How long? Until you really blow it, until you mess up, and then the, the Spirit's like, peace out, y'all. Like, I'm out of here. I'm done. I can't put up with this. I can't live in these conditions anymore. Forever. Forever. If you are sealed with the Spirit, it's forever. It's forever. That is such good news. A helper that will be with you forever. Even the Spirit of, of truth whom the world cannot receive. The world's like, can't deal with the truth. Don't want to hear it. Not for me. That's good for you. Not for me. Because... It neither sees Him or knows Him. The world does not see Him. Do you see Him? Do you know Him? The world can't. But Christians are like, I see Him. I see Him everywhere. He's at work. He's at work around me. He's at work in me. That's because of the Holy Spirit who dwells, right? You know Him because He dwells in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Here's the promise. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, little while, and the world will see me no more, Jesus said, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Everybody say that's good news. There was a time in my life, there was a time in your life when you did not see him and you couldn't understand him and you didn't even care. And then the Spirit of God convicts and opens blind eyes and softens a hardened heart and takes an orphan and makes him and makes her a son a daughter has that happened to you has that happened to you i was an orphan i couldn't see him i didn't care and the holy spirit does this this work verse 11 back to this in him we have obtained an inheritance our future is certain how is this possible having been predestined, that's before time began, destined to have this inheritance according to the purpose of Him. Who's Him? Jesus did it. Jesus did His purposes who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Why is this all happening? Why? 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 Everybody ask why? 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 Why would He do all this? Why? Why so much time? Why so much energy? Why be on this kind of mission? Why would God do this so that, you see it, verse 12, so that we, who are the first to hope in Christ, hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. I want you to know one thing with great certainty. This is what God wants for you. That you would hope in His Son. The Father is calling all people to hope. To not just occasionally visit, a place of hope, but to live there permanently. A hope that does not shift, change, that is not questionable. He did all of this work from eternity past in real time into the future that we would be the craziest hopeful people on the face of the planet. Because circumstances are going well, you can be hopeful, right? 
When, when all of your relationships are good, you can, be, you can be hopeful, right? Well, pagans do that, right? Godless God-haters, when things are going well, they're doing well. When everything's going their way, they're doing okay. There's these crazy Christians. Can you believe it? There's these crazy Christians. And you know what? Everything's going wrong. Everything's broken. Everything's falling apart. And do you know what's coming out of them? Hope. Hope is rising. Hope is rising up. Where does that come from? It's not from things around. It's somebody moved in that is a spirit of, of hope. And he's continuing to pour out hope even in the trial, even in the unmet expectation, even when everything is broken, even when relationships are beyond repair and you've done all you can do. There's hope. There's hope. I jotted this down. What in the world are you hoping in? What are you hoping in? And today, hope in Christ and then enter into your day. Hope in Christ and then enter into that relationship. Hope in Christ and then endure the problems that are not going away. Hope in Christ, then enter into the mess that is your workplace. Hope in Christ and then spend your money. Hope in Christ and then make plans for the future. Hope in Christ and then fall asleep. Hope in Christ today. I don't know what you're placing your hope in. And guess what? Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean every day is not a hope battle of I hope so and I'm hoping for and someday when I finally get to that place, then I will be happy. Then I will be satisfied. You can be the only person in your family, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your extended family. You can be the only one that has a settled, certain hope. And even while the madness in your life rages on, that people can look at you and go, what's your deal? What do you have? Why are you so filled with hope? Today could be the day that you stop living for circumstances to provide you the hope that you're looking for. Today could be the day that you say, Jesus, I'm settled. With you, there is hope that does not change. There is hope that I can cling to. And I'm not waiting for things to get easier, things to get better, for them to change. I'm settled because in Christ, I have hope. I have hope. Every say that's good news. That's such, such good news. We do not live hoping in ever-changing circumstances, fickle people, increased income, physical comfort, and we don't hope for retirement. Those of us who are retired, you finding more hope there? Not apart from Jesus. Not apart from Jesus. Uh, when you finally got to the other side of that hardship, that, that thing that just wouldn't go away and then it was finally gone, did you find hope on the other side of that? Not apart from Jesus. Not apart from Jesus. Only in Jesus. Number two, if you're taking notes, in Jesus, not only was I, I obtained an inheritance for His glory, but in Jesus I was sealed by the Holy Spirit as an absolute guarantee. Verse 13, do you see it? In Him, in Him, everybody say Jesus. There it is, there it is. In Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, have you heard it? Have you heard the truth? In Him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, the good news. Do you get fired up about good news? I get fired up about good news. There's a whole lot of bad news. I need more good news in my life. Good news, good news, good news, good news. The gospel of your salvation, the good news. And when you believed in Him, 
you were sealed. There it is. Sealed. Everybody say sealed. With the promised Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's coming. Holy Spirit's coming. He's here. He is sealing believers. Locking them in. So, I just, I just want to bring some clarity. What, what's up with the whole sealing thing, okay? Why would Paul use the word seal, okay? So, what's the deal with the seal? You should write that down. That's catchy. All right. What's the deal with the seal? Well, here's, here's three aspects of why sealing is so important, okay? We got an image up on the screen there. Everybody see that? Focus more on the left, not on the right, all right? You're not, your eyes aren't playing tricks on you. It's clear over there, all right? So, as you, as you look up there, we have a signet ring, okay? Back in the day, way back in the day, all right? They used to have rings that you put a little bit of wax, you put a little something in there, and it's the official ring, right? This, I think that, that Caesar Augustus we got up there, okay? He's, he was the OG of the, of the ring, all right? And so every time he had an official document, every time that he wanted to be able to pass on a message that was guaranteed to be authentic, to be authentic, he would make sure that his seal was on there, right? And it left that imprint. It sealed the, the scroll. So that way, anybody that received it, they're like, is this real? Is this, is this a counterfeit? And they're like, check out the seal. It's sealed. Do you, do you not see? Do you not see whose face is on there? Do you not see what ring that came from? It came from the head honcho himself. It's real. It's authentic, right? So if you're taking notes, just write down, authentication, authentication. That's a big word. You're like, I didn't have enough caffeine this morning to even pronounce that, nonetheless, write it out, okay? It's authentic, it's authentic. If it's sealed, it's the real deal, okay? So any contract, any kind of communication, this is what Paul would have been thinking about is the Holy Spirit comes and verifies authentic salvation, real relationship with God. It wasn't just a passing moment it wasn't just an emotional response that you had the holy spirit really did come and he sealed you it's a permanent deal it's authentication from god himself in you all right so what would we use today to authenticate things i i don't know i don't know if you've checked out for some of us that are a little bit more old school with like we still carry cash, right? Anybody, anybody got any new bills? Somebody want to pull out their wallet? I know a few of us, all right? I'm not going to take your money. Well, I'll give it back if I do take it, I promise, all right? So Jay, I know you got some cash. I know you got some cash, all right? But I know, I know. Nobody else should know either, right? No handouts, no handouts. Just your pastor, that's love. So you got, you got some old school? You got any new school? Is there any, anything new in there? You got, you got a, I, it doesn't matter if it's a single or not, but... You got anything? You got anything new? I don't want plastic. I don't want plastic. You got anything? So, so a lot of us are used to like. Remember when money was green, and it was so simple, and then all of a sudden they're coming out with like, is our money turning red? Is it brown? Is it turning orange? I don't know. And then, ooh, sorry, sorry. This is not a fifty-dollar bill. Is it a counterfeit? That's what I want to know. So what, what do you do sometimes? You say, is this authentic? Or the lady at the cash register, I don't know, she busts out her like magical marker. I don't know where you pick up those markers, but I ain't got one. Uh, but at least I, I can have a light and I can look up and what do you see? Sometimes you can identify like a, a ribbon, right? You see something like, how did they even get that in there? How thin does it have to be to fit in between paper itself, right? It's authentic, it's authentic. No ribbon, no real, right? We, we don't have rings, we don't have wax anymore, but we have different ways to prove and verify. For some of us, we, we almost have lost our sanctification over having to confirm 
that it was really us online through the process of 18 steps of having to get texts and then codes and then emails. And then by the time you broke your phone and broke your computer, and if you still have a landline, whatever, you were smashing against the wall of like, it's me, it's me, okay? It's really me. Well, the Holy Spirit comes in to be able to confirm, I'm real, I'm really His. The inheritance is really mine. There's proof. Well, to be authentic, that, that's one aspect of being sealed. Number two, if you're taking notes, you went like, what's the deal with the seal? Some of it is, it's security. It's security. We do a lot of things to secure things that are valuable. We want to make sure that they're secure. And the Holy Spirit moves in and brings security to us. Brings security that like what we have gained, we cannot lose. If we have really received the gift, it's not going to be taken away. If we've been made the offer of eternal life, God is never going to renege on His offer. He is not going to say, today you can have it because you're well behaved, and tomorrow, eh, we'll see. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There is security in Christ. Do you believe it? If you are sealed, you can know that you know that you know that you're a child of God. You can know that if you've been adopted, you're not going to get dropped back off at the orphanage for bad behavior, right? What if? What if what if Asher came to me tonight and said, Dad, if I can call you that, I know I was I was really bad this week. I really blew it. Am I still your son? Where are we at in our relationship? Because you must be so angry because I, I messed up. The father's heart for his children is that they would be adopted and secure because they would know who they are no matter what they do, no matter how far they go, I don't know if you are still struggling with God, where are we at? Because I it's been a long time and I've been wondering. Are we are we okay? The Holy Spirit seals the deal so that you can have confidence that you know Abba, Father, my dad is always going to be my dad. And he loves me and he's crazy about me and we're, we're not going anywhere. Nothing's changing. The Holy Spirit does that. That there is such a sense of security. I don't know how much security you sense in your life, but there's no break in the seal. Not with God. There's no break in the seal. The seal is sealed until that day. Until the fullness has come. Until you are face to face with Him. Until heaven is your new experience for all eternity, sealed, sealed, sealed. You're secure. And lastly, if you want to jot this down, what's, what's the deal with the seal? Ownership. Ownership. The seal was attached to goods to indicate who owned it. So in the day of slavery, there was branding. You are mine. Today, we would see with cattle that there are tags, that there are brands, that mine. You are mine. In case there was any question, all you'd have to do is look and say, there's the seal. I know who this one belongs to. 
And one of the greatest seals that we have is the work of the Holy Spirit in us to produce fruit in us that there would be evidence all throughout our life that everyone looking on is like, you're one of His, aren't you? Because it's so evident that the Spirit that's in you is showing up through you that you are not your own any longer. 1 Corinthians 6, I don't know if you want to jot this one down. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You're not your own. You've been purchased with a great price. We talked about last week. You have been redeemed. The great price is someone had to die. And instead of you, it was the Son of God. God Himself came and was slaughtered for you. The great price is now being offered as your security, as your hope. And guess what? And now there's ownership. You are not your own. You're not your own. You're not your own. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're not your own. You're not your own. So what do you do in response? Glorify God. Glorify God. That's what Paul says again and again. In response to these gospel truths, glorify Him. Glorify Him. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. I'm with Him. I'm with Him. What does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to be with Christ? It means you live a crucified life. Life. It means you die, he lives. No longer you, no longer the old. It's not the old anymore. Something brand new is happening. I now live for him, for the one that purchased me, the one that paid it all. I am now his. There is ownership. When you are sealed, God says, You're mine. You're mine. And not just sometimes, but all the time. I think many, can, can we have a, a little family chat for two seconds here? The Gospel in America is be forgiven. Jesus is Savior. He died for you. Is that good news? That's part of, part of the good news. That's core to the good news. Jesus isn't just Savior and Rescuer and Forgiver. Jesus is King and Boss and Ruler over all. When you say, Jesus, come into my life, you're saying, come and clean me. Forgive me. But you're also saying, you're now the boss and the master of my life. I'm owned by another. When you came into this world, all of us have the same story. I was the boss of me. I was the boss of my destiny. I did what I wanted to do until Jesus came. And when I said no to me on the throne, I said, Jesus, I want you on the throne. I want you to rule my every day. I want you to make the decisions. You call the shots. I will submit to you. The only way that there's confidence that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit is if you are saying yes to the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God is talking. The Spirit of God is communicating inside of you through His Word, resonating in your heart, saying, do what the King tells you to do. And those of us who are sealed, we have a heart that says, there's no doubt I, I need to obey. I need to live this life. To believe is to obey. To believe is to obey. There's a new king, a new boss. I'm not my own. I'm not my own. Jesus redeemed me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 14, he's the guarantee, right? You see it? He's the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. We're so close. We're so close. But until that day, I live following the Spirit, being led by the Spirit to the praise of His glory. The praise of His glory. As the worship team comes up, I want us to do this. 
want us to just consider some last thoughts. Everybody say, land the plane. Here we go. Yeah, I'm not convinced you want me to stop. I can keep going. I got more. I got more. Everybody say, land the plane. Okay, all right, all right, all right. To the glory of God, to the glory of God, we live our life for the glory of another. We live our life giving credit to another. And I just want to ask, are those closest to you when they're saying, how are you so strong that you made it through so much hardship? How, how is it that you're, you're so strong because I could never do what you've done. I could never go through what you've gone through. Do you know that Christians have a different answer for questions like that? People say, well, you're just so smart and like you're just such a hard worker. And when people watch our lives and there is evidence that God is at work, who do you give credit to? There's a tendency for us to, I know I worked really hard. I know. I, I, I mean, I, I do have a natural knack at that. I, I have some abilities. And yeah, I know. You probably couldn't go through what I went through, but I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty tough. I'm not, let me tell you what else I've done. When people ask about your accomplishments, do you, hey, do you have a couple hours so I can tell you about all the things I've done and share my resume with you and all my accomplishments, all my skill set, everything that I've done, all the places I've gone, everything I've seen? Christians are different. We're different. Because whatever people see in us, our response is, glory to God. Glory to God. There's no explanation. The only explanation for my life is that somebody else is in me doing this work through me. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. There's no way I could do this. There's no way I could accomplish it. There's no way I could get through another week like this. And I don't know if you're in a season. If you're not in a season right now, you probably will be soon. Where you're asking the questions, how much longer? How much longer am I going to have to go through this? How, how much longer is it going to be like this? If you have the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the Spirit that has sealed you and your inheritance is guaranteed. The only hope that you have is Jesus in me. The Spirit working through me. I can get through this. I can endure the hardship. I can go through the trials because I'm not alone. And I'm not tapping into my own power. It's Him in me. It's Him in me. Let's stand. Let's stand together. Father, as we stand as a church, in Your presence, we acknowledge that we are so prone to be filled with doubt, to question where we're at spiritually, where You are. God, I pray right now for, for one that would be wrestling with questioning, God, if You even care, that You feel distant, You feel far away. God, if there's one today that that feels like you have, you've turned your back or that they've messed up too much. God, I, I pray today would be the reminder that you are for them. That you are for them. That you are with them. That you will not leave them. That you are near. And you are a helper. God, for those of us that are going through physical, mental, emotional hurts, we need healing. So Holy Spirit, would You come and would You bring the healing that only You can bring? Would You bring hope, the hope that only is found in Jesus? God, that we would be a church that would not be looking anywhere else. We wouldn't be shopping around for counterfeit hopes. We would find our hope in You. We would run to You. We would go to You, God. We would go to You first. We would go to You with all that's on our heart, all that's on our plate, all that's on our mind. You are our go-to. You are 
the help in time of need. Thank you for the promise. For those of us who are believers, we know and we can have confidence that we are your children and you're not going to let us go. God, give us boldness because of that. Give us boldness to live a life where we can trust you with everything if we can trust you with our eternity. We can trust you with this, the thing that's right in front of us. So God, fill us with confidence because of your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.